We here at Hameen Media Group proceed to grow exponentially month by month. And we could not do it without our army of loyal listeners, as well as the absolute best sponsors in the free market today. Hameen Media is proud to give our 100% guarantee that our sponsors offer the absolute very best in their respective industries. And all of them offer products and services that will be of tremendous value to you. Not able to go to a gym? Or would you rather train at home to improve your health, lower your risk of getting sick, or have the body you always wanted? Then check out Stevie Richards Fitness, the most valuable workout program you can find in 2020, costing just a fraction of what the big companies charge, but with unmatched superior quality at StevieRichardsFitness.com. And after your workout, you'll probably be hungry, but how can you be sure what you're putting in your stomach is of premium quality? can't speak for other brands, but we can speak of Zordo's olive oil. Does your olive oil at home say ultra premium? Ultra premium is a distinction that olive oil brands can only legally claim if they meet very strict standards and guidelines. Most olive oils cannot meet such rigid requirements, but Zordo's olive oil does with its imported ultra premium Greek olive oil. Taste the difference for yourself at Zordo'sOliveOil.com. And speaking of consuming quality products, it's important to start your day off on the right foot. Don't run it by drinking watered down bean juice. Wake up and have a cup of bro, bro. With the Coffee Brosters, the only place you can get the limited edition Vince Russo coffee. Organic Nicaraguan fair trade coffee roasted to perfection with notes of milk chocolate and walnut straight from the farm to your coffee mug at thebroasters.com. And of course, you can't profile without style. And what better way to look stylish and support your favorite independent wrestling talent than with some swag from Pro Wrestling Tees. Offering original merchandise for your favorite pro wrestlers you can't find anywhere else and a great way to give back to those who sacrifice their bodies for our entertainment. Check out all the latest and greatest pro wrestling shirts at ProWrestlingTees.com. Thank you once again to all of our sponsors as well as our loyal listeners. We cannot do what we do without you, and we are only just getting started. We cannot express our gratitude enough. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Academy with me, Triple D, and my man, the Sinister Minister, Jay Reezy, Big John Enright, Captain Cisco's boy. Uh, just want to say what's up, guys, and uh, how are you doing, John? Man, I am good. Uh, work, we just found out we got funding for my program for another year, so that's exciting. Uh, awesome. So, But the hard work is I still got to do another great proposal in about another two two months or so so well, I gotta, yeah. you know but hey it, it's been fun you know we're doing their thing and uh we're it's it's going well so 
that's been good. It's just been a long week. Uh, lots of stuff already going on. Nice and it's early Tuesday. And I'm like, oh, my God. So, you know, I'm excited to talk some Star Trek. So and, am I. Uh, get some so stuff out of the way here on that. So I think we've got a good episode today. It'll be a lot I of fun. So. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. So I'm ready to just do this, man. Um, I am I am ready to do this too. I've had a last week was very busy at the store, so I was going crazy then. And then I've been battling a spell of like migraines and vertigo for the last like three days. So I'm just I'm, I'm just happy that we can re- get this recorded before like before some bullshit happens where yeah. <laughs> I'm on the ground dying. Because <laughs> yeah. you know then you know I'd have to do this by myself. Fuck, I got to handle that. <laughs> Oh, I so, think you could handle it, John. I think you could handle uh, it. Yeah, well, all right. So, uh, so I guess first we want to talk about our sponsors. We want to say thanks to Homie Media Group uh, of course. for hosting us always. Y'all of bit, I mean, uh, our great and glorious leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to MSG, our wonderful producer who just makes the us best. sound He makes us sound great. I mean, it's like, does. like we're fucking million bucks. Like, we know what we're I doing. Know. You know? Uh, and, uh, you know, of course, we want to you – know, uh, I'm going to – I'm going to give a little shout out to Dippin' Donuts, even though I don't Thank live you, in the Jack. New York area. Uh, you, I mean, I, I look at that food porn every day, <laughs> and I'm just going, God damn, I need to go to New York just for Dippin' Donuts and then go back home. You know, mm-hmm. and then, you know. You know what they say, if, if you if you have some Dippin' Donuts before you work out, you can definitely uh, uh, calf press over a thousand pounds. So There you go. There you go. <laughs> that's that's what straight from Ben Hamid I hear. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did see that on your on your page. I'm like, God damn! I was like, he is a monster doing that. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, I haven't. I haven't. Yeah, but I haven't really been to the gym. I went back to the gym for the first time this morning mm-hmm. uh, because of the whole masking. Now they're like, okay, you don't have to wear your mask the whole time. Really? Oh wow! Yeah, man. yeah. So I was like, cool. So I went back to the gym for the first time, and I don't know, probably two to three months so it, it, it i'm i'm feeling it already because <laughs> it's been no way i've just been doing the stevie richard stuff which is fine but you know yeah. when you do the when you do weights i and i was smart i didn't go like back to what i was doing i dropped it back down but still that's good something about ways to do that and then also of course speaking of Stevie richard fitness uh i am a Patron of CV Richards Fitness, so make sure you get your plans for that. Uh, also, make sure you get some premium Zordos olive oil. I oh, am, yeah. Once my budget clears, I'm getting ready to pay bills, and so once the new month starts, I'm going to get me some for my cooking needs. Uh, it's going to be very good, and uh, I may get it for some uh, other needs as well. Uh, you know, you never know. It's good for everything. It's good for everything. <laughs> so, for everything. Uh, of course, it's, I'm talking about tanning. Looking like a great guy, great guy, you know. Uh, So, uh, we want to thank all of our sponsors for that, and of course, Broaster's Coffee. Broaster's Coffee, and they they just provide you. It's what I heard now there's a a deal for a five pound bag of coffee, right? There's a five pound bag for the Russo Bro Coffee, and I've already seen there's been a few of the brand members have ordered the five pound bag. And so, guys, so. You go to the roasters.com and I think the code word is Russo for or or for Russo five, I think, for the five pound back. I'm not sure. Would be good if we actually knew the the fucking uh <laughs> code word, but <laughs> but I'm sure but I'm sure if you listen to uh uh Vince Russo's the brand, we're also happy, you know, that it's helped us out gain our listeners and helped us, you know, pro- progress in our progression when it comes to our media group. 
I'm sure uh, the Gravens Russo is uh, shilling that out for us. So, Hey, what's up, guys? MSG, the producer here. I got that email. So the promo code is BRO5LB. So BRO5LB, as in BRO5POUNDS. Again, the promo code is BRO5LB. All right, back to the show now. Yeah, you can't help but have someone like Vince Russo just shill on your brain for you. How cool is that? Exactly. You, know, you got a fucking be, legend to doing that for you. So It's got to be good shit for Vince Russo to, to shill at. Exactly, exactly. So we want to shout out Vince Russo also for doing that. And uh, just go listen to the brand if you mm-hmm. haven't. Uh, you hear Ben Hameen and Stevie Richards and him break down stuff. Uh, and then, I mean, if nothing else, uh, Masterpiece Theater is oh just... Oh, my God. Master Shoot Theater is Master just... Shoot. It's just... It, it's incredible. It it's 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 incredible to go do that, yes. and so and then of course we want to show once again a little bit more love for Steve Richards, just to you know encourage him to come join us every mm-hmm. now and then, maybe join the show uh, and give his perspective on stuff. So yeah. uh, let's do that as well. So, Definitely. but now now I think we need to go into the ship's bulletin, Captain Zordos. What do you think? I think we should. Okay, so we've got our first order of news for today. So, uh, Nickelodeon. Nick, 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 Nick. Nickelodeon. Nick, 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 Nick. Nickelodeon. Is jumping on the Star Trek bandwagon. About and, time. Yeah, they've decided to do a new CGI show called Star Trek Prodigy. And the big thing is Kate Mulgrew is coming back and reprising her role as Captain Janeway. Oh, there we go. So, so the, the premise of the story is it follows a group of lawless teens who discover a derelict Starfleet, a Starfleet ship and use it for adventure, meaning, and salvation. That comes direct from the Star Trek page. But Kate Mulgrew is going to be involved in the project as Captain Janeway. Don't know how yet. Don't know if she's like... A hologram or for a person that she's interacting there the kids are interacting with or what um but we know she's back as janeway you know That's awesome. um, yeah you know I, I don't know how you feel about janeway as a captain but i think it's very cool um i i actually i think i i love i love the character i love voyager so i'm really looking forward to seeing how they're going to implement her along with these lawless teens because you've seen her how she worked with like the members of like the Maquis who were kind of lawless, who really were like lawless people, you know, they're basically, they were just kind of like guerrilla, you know, soldiers. And she was able to ship them into Starfleet officers. So we'll see how she can handle these lawless teens. And I'm sure with Nickelodeon, it's going to be a little bit more lighthearted. There's going to be more comedy. She's probably not going to kill any sentient beings like she did in Voyager. So two Vix is safe. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, it's just—it'll be interesting to see, you know, where they place her. How she were? Is she the? Is she Admiral Janeway? Mm-hmm. How does this work? You know, because these aren't Starfleet kids. It just no, says they're lawless kids who find a derelict Starfleet ship. So, you know, I'm just kind of interested in that premise because Starfleet is pretty hard up on their stuff. You yeah. know, we see that in DS9 if with the Maquis Steeler stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I'm interested to see how this is going to play out with this whole um, lawlessness derelict ship. These kids get it working. 
And how's Janeway going to be like, oh, yeah, no, that's no big deal. You can just borrow one of our ships. We don't care. So it's it's an interesting concept for me. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be interesting to mm-hmm. kind of see the direction they go forward with it. And it's CGI, point. you know, CGI cartoon show. So yeah. um, I think um, Resistance, along the line of the Resistance uh, Star Wars show that was on Disney+, mm-hmm. Plus, um, I think it's the same type of thing they're looking at. Oh, that's gonna be good, though. Um, yeah, so it's gonna be you know different format. We you know, then we see because um, which goes into our next part is lower decks. They've already greenlit a season two for lower mm-hmm. decks because um, it's according to CBS executives, the show has just blown up. For hey everyone, Mike McMahon here. Um, before we close out the Ready Room, I just wanted to say uh, that there is more Lower Decks on the way. We have way more adventures and, and way more stories to tell. You are going to be able to see what it's like to be on the Cerritos when uh, the secret is out. Everybody knows that Mariner and her mom are our mother-daughter. You, on the other hand, you see a problem, you can solve it. Wait, are you saying work together for a change? Might be useful to have a captain on your side, you know, instead of up your ass. What do you say? We have a new head of security I'm excited for you to see because we've lost poor Shax. We'll never forget Lieutenant Shax's sacrifice. He's with the prophets now. What is Rutherford like now that his memories are messed up? You know what this means, right? We get to become best friends all over again! Okie dokie. And I think the craziest thing is, what is Boimler's life like on the Titan? I cannot believe that you took a promotion to the mother Titan! You know, we have a lot more stories to tell, and it's always a good time on, on the USS Cerritos. So please join us again when we're back for next season. And uh, uh, I don't know, I know you've seen all of Lower Decks. I've seen bits and pieces of Lower Decks. I've really enjoyed it. And uh, I mean, I thought um, it was good because it was Star Trek people who understood Star Trek making fun of Star Trek. Yes, you know. and yeah, and that was the thing about it. Like the ribs on Star Trek were done very well. It was satire that was done properly. I laughed at it. I enjoyed it, you know. And obviously, there'll be you know certain fans who disagree with it. And you know what? Hey, it's their opinion, you know, because you know what? There's a lot of fans that don't like the original series. There's a lot of fans that don't like Voyager. A lot of fans that you know, didn't like Enterprise. So, and there's also certain fans that watch something but the original series. So, but to me, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the satire. I enjoyed the character development with Mariner mm-hmm. and the captain along with, you know, how they had throwbacks to Next Generation, the original series, even Deep Space Nine. And it was very good, especially, to, to, especially when they went back to the planet where they had Landrew and Landrew and they put Landrew back together again. They're like, well, we want to go, we want to go back to killing people. No, you can't be killing people. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, Kirk took out Landrew so many years ago. You guys put him back in. Okay. Yeah. Starfleet's got to check up on these things. So it's just, it, it was done really well. So. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I think it's funny. Uh, there's the right amount of humor, but mm-hmm. still also, you know, it, it, it told a good story. You know, it wasn't yes, it it, everybody because they looked at it visually. It looks a lot like Rick and Morty. 
You're gonna have to do me a real solid. Uh oh. When we get to customs, I'm gonna need you to take these seeds into the bathroom, and I'm gonna need you to put them way up inside your butthole, Morty. In my butt? Put them way up inside there, as far as they can fit. Oh, jeez, Rick. I really don't want to have to do that. Well, somebody's gotta do it, Morty. These seeds aren't gonna get through customs unless they're in someone's rectum, Morty. Uh... They'll fall right out of mine. I've done this too many times, Morty. I mean, you're young. You've got your whole life ahead of you. And your anal cavity is still taut yet malleable. You gotta do it for Grandpa, Morty. You gotta put these seeds inside your butt. In my butt? Come on, Morty. Please, Morty. You have to do it, Morty. You know, so I think they were expecting something along those lines of a Rick and Morty. And they got that somewhat with the humor. But, you know, really it was more, you know, there was a there was a deeper story that was yeah. told, you know, which, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of surprised me. You know, mm-hmm. so I like that aspect of it, of the deeper story behind it. I really enjoyed the unique take on Star Trek and the storytelling of it. Yeah. You know, because to me, the more ways you can tell Star Trek in different mediums, I think the better. You know. Oh yeah. And, and so I think it was very, very good on that. So, all right. So our next thing is uh, Discovery boss Alex Kurtman has a ten-year plan for Discovery, so he's got it lasting until twenty twenty-seven. Holy and shit. Yeah, this is according to RadioTimes.com and news. He did an interview with them, and he says he's got enough ideas for Discovery to go to 2027. Now, Triple D, Mm -hmm. what is your thought? Do you think that Discovery can go 10 years? The only way Discovery can go 10 years is if they tie in maybe a couple series together in it, if they do like a a Pike series or – the George O series as well, if they tie that in. Because if you look at the history of Trek, Trek's lifespan, you know, the original series, three three seasons, that was too short. Mm-hmm. Next Generation was six seasons. Some people say that was a little bit too short. D Space Nine, seven series, perfect. Mm-hmm. Tied, everything tied in perfectly. Everything was good. It didn't leave you wanting more. I think... It's going to be tough to do it 10 years considering it just, I don't know, just considering the, the way that things are going and everything else, it's just, it's just going to be tough for until 2027. But if you have the tie-ins and you're able to tie in characters into discovery with the other series to kind of keep it going, then yeah, then I, then I can see that. I can also see maybe, He's talking six seasons of a TV show and then maybe movies for the next four years. Right. Discovery movie, Discovery movie series on CBS All Access, which that could be a money draw. But to write something like that, the sci-fi and everything for 10 years, that's a mental drain on the writers and on the writing staff. And to me, by season nine or season 10, that could be really, really bad. You know, the writing could could get bad. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to me right now, um, it's an interesting concept. We did, and just a heads up for all of our listeners, we are going to talk about Discovery Episodes 1 and 2 on our next episode. We want to get some time to really watch them and take them in and Mm -hmm. really get a good evaluation of it. But the initial, just looking at when I was looking at the premise of it, um, I don't know if you remember that show Andromeda. That was a it was a sci-fi Gene Roddenberry I, thing. I uh, remember with, Andromeda. Yeah. Okay. So to me, Discovery is following that. They can't go in the past because of mm-hmm. the, the the control and everything exactly, like that. Yeah. They had to stay in the future. And now, of course, Starfleet is destroyed and they're having to rebuild it. 
to me, this is the same thing as that Andromeda series, yeah. you know, which they did that as in syndication for, I think it was four seasons. And mm-hmm. by the fourth season, it was pretty struggling a little bit, you know? And yeah. so I'm interested to see how this will work because they can't time jump to the past anymore. Yeah, that's a, yeah. Yeah, they can't do that. So they have to stay where they're at. And then will it take you 10 years to build Starfleet back up? If you do, that'll be the slowest plotting, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's 20, it's what, 2020 right now, 2027, mm-hmm. that's seven years. Um, you know, you got to figure the rate they're releasing Discovery episodes, that's every year and a half about. Mm-hmm. So that's got to be at least, what, six, five or six seasons. Yeah. If you get it all in. And by that time, it'll be just unless you have incredible storytelling, unless yeah. you have compelling characters, mm-hmm. and unless you just do it right, it's not going to work, and no. uh, you're you're going to fizzle out, kind of like the the Andromeda show did. Yeah, um, it, it really just kind of fizzled out. You know, that was that was a hard thing to watch. It was Kevin Sorbo, mm-hmm. you know, after his Hercules run, and yeah. it just kind of like. <sighs> okay, this the, the the beginning part was good, and then after about season two, this kind of you know they had problems with people leaving the show, coming back to the show, mm-hmm. um, stuff like along those lines that just made very confusing parts, and you know, and that's going to be the hard part. Yeah, with with this, I think in the long run, you know, it's ambitious. I think yeah. it's ambitious that you've got that, and and kind of you know shows, hey, I'm confident what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But you know, really, I'm interested to see what I'll take in the long run. So, yeah. you know, and speaking of Kurtzman, he also in this in a, also has said in another interview he wants to combine Trek TV with Paramount Movie Trek. So mm-hmm. he wants to take Chris Pine and those guys and Zachary Quinto, and he wants to add them to Trek TV. So, what do you think, Triple D? Do you think they can do that? Why would they want to do that when you already have uh, Ethan Peck as, as 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 Spock and he wants to be Spock? You know, I don't know. And that's I mean, the, it's confusing to me. Like why? And, and, why? You know. And you look at how much Pine and Quinto are going to demand to do TV, and I don't think Chris Pine wants to. I would you want to jump from the from the silver screen to like the little screen? I mean, that's it. It's like, I mean, because if you look at Usually, people's progressions—they started off in TV and then they became like big movie stars. You know, guys, mm-hmm. Roger Moore—he was TV guy, became James Bond. Uh, Patrick Stewart was from the theater, and then he went to TV, and then he started doing the Trek movies. Mm-hmm. You know, like all the so same thing with William Shatner, Nimoy. You know, so it's just—I don't think that's going to happen unless they offer. Chris Pine a shit ton of money or unless, you know, movies aren't going to be released in, in the movie theaters anymore and everything's going to be done through streaming and TV. So that's the only way that I could see Pine and Quainto coming in. But I like, but I like Ethan Peck as Spock personally. I think he really gets Spock. He understands Spock. And unlike Quainto, who was just, Quainto played Spock, you know, basically as all Vulcan you know, and yeah, he did show a little of emotion during like, you know, when he went after Khan and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I I think I, I look at I look I look at Pack and Pack is more to me. He's more in the image of like of Nimoy, mm-hmm. his whole mannerisms, 
the slight little, you know, smile, the slight little, you know, eyebrow and stuff. It, that's that's Spock. I I think bringing Quato and Pine it really isn't going to help. Isn't going to help out the ratings at all. Isn't going to help sales track any more than what it, than what already is. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and that's that's going to be the heart unless they start doing discovery as the parallel dimensions kind of thing yeah because that was the other thing you they could go to the mirror universe so Mm -hmm. you know they start doing this marvel multiverse type thing where they go to different multiverses Mm -hmm. of you know star trek and so they end up popping up in the zachary quinto chris pine Star Trek multiverse with a different timeline. Time. Yeah. The Kelvin timeline. Kelvin timeline you know, yeah. They pop in that, which technically, because I played two Star Trek mobile games on my iPad, um, they've done that in one. It's the Star Trek game. Uh, which one is that one? Star Trek Fleet Commander. So okay. Discovery is in that one, but it's in the set in the Kelvin timeline. So okay. it's the fact that they made a jump. They don't know where they are, and they jumped into that. So there, I think they're using this mobile game to kind of set the precedent for that i can yeah you know i can see yeah you know and so and that's what discovery does is Mm -hmm. they can't jump through time but they can jump through dimensions and so that's what they start doing you know and um, maybe that's how kurtzman you know makes the show go on for years you know so who knows yeah yeah we 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 don't know and i mean uh he didn't reveal his plan he just said he's got one so all right so there's also so on october 13th this is the last one for today uh oh sorry Two more for today. Uh, so on October 13th, there was a Star Trek digital event benefiting Joe Biden. So okay. many major stars from the five series were coming together for this. Um, so here's my question. Should Star Trek have a hand in politics? No. Plain and simple. That's a, because everybody in Star Trek likes Star Trek. And Star Trek, really, if you look at the, some of the original series, a lot of it does a lot of the the shows like premises isn't based on right or left ideals it's based just on the correct ideals and i get that a lot of the actors and the actresses you know are on that side but why why are you doing this to to track you know star wars did it and they lost 60 they've lost a lot of their fan base and there's a lot of conservatives that like Trek, a lot of Republicans that watch Star Trek because Star Trek is for everyone, plain and mm-hmm. simple. That's it. So I don't agree with that. I don't. And even if they were stumping for Trump, I still wouldn't agree with that. I'd be like, listen, guys, stick stick to Trek. Just, you know, you know, what's the point of this for anyways? Why? You know, and I don't know. It's just to me. You know, to me, to me, it's just another, it's it's a desperate attempt, you know, by, you know, the Biden campaign to try to, you know, to try to get people over to his side, like how they did with The Rock and everything else. So The Rock basically slit his own throat because guess mm. what? The, the number of people that are going to watch the XFL, they're not going to be those, you know, pussy hat wearing, you know, man bun soy boys. They're going to be <laughs> guys with trucks and guns are going to watch the XFL and they're going to be the ones that are. And buy XFL merchandise, but they're gonna watch that and they're gonna be like, eh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. You know, the, the Rock did support this guy, and the Rock kind of, you know, no. Nah. So, to, to me, it's not gonna make me. It's not gonna make me stop loving Trek or stop watching Trek. It's just that, you know, because I don't care. I don't. I 
basically whatever politics, whatever type of bullshit they try they, they try to get across. I really I don't pay attention to it. I just watch track before track. That's it. So yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, I do can kind of see where it, I would call it a left centrist point of view if you're going to look at the politics of Star Trek because mm-hmm. it is. Uh, as Stevie Richards has said a couple of times, he said it's a it is a more of a um, socialism type society. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think it's the the ultimate of that. The, the, there's no money. There's no yeah. um, cost of anything. It's everybody's living. They're doing their thing and they're doing it in unity. Um, I think it's the ultimate of what we hope things could be. Mm-hmm. But obviously, as humans right now, we're nowhere near that. I mean, the fact that people are having fistfights over, um, you know, Trump versus Biden. Well, the fact that I just saw this today, that Philadelphia opened up for the first time their fans to their stadium. And the first thing that happened is two guys got into a fistfight. You know what I mean? But it's fucking Philly. Who cares? (laughs) You know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, but that's the, the whole point is we're looking at some of the stuff going, oh, my God, like, how can we be? We hope to reach that one day. Oh, yeah. But. At the same time, I, I would say it's more, it's a left centrist kind of thing. It's we want it to be here. We're not saying we want to propose all these incredible, you know, these deep liberal things. But at the same time, we understand that you know there's a a balance to everything, and that's yeah. what I think Star Trek did is they balanced their position politically. And you know, I, it's it's I, to me, I know people want to make a statement, especially now they want to stand for their rights, they want to stand for what they believe. But I think, man, shows need to maintain that balance. Yeah. Um, Star Trek did that for so long. And so, you know, when you maintain that balance, you're going to reach a wider audience. You're not going to you're not going to alienate people. So. All right. So last last topic for the day uh, today. This year is uh, 25 years of Star Trek Voyager. I don't know if you knew that, Triple D. It's been really. Yeah, it's been 25 years for Star Trek. Voyager. I remember when it came out. I think it was in high school or whatever. Hmm. And so it's hard to imagine it's been 25 years. So, what? Well, I want your opinion on what is its legacy in the franchise? What is Voyager's legacy? You think? I think Voyager's legacy is basically, you know, it was a different type of track. It was a track where it showed, you know, where Starfleet had to adapt to a situation that was kind of like hopeless and where it showed that, you know, the, the will of the will of like, of, of humanity to get through something that's impossible, something that they said that that could never happen. Yeah. They had yet, they did it and they still had a chance to explore the Delta quadrant there. And also too, Voyager also showed that a female can lead a starship and can do it a pretty damn good fucking job of it too. Mm-hmm. And that and then now you see with like Star with Star Wars now how they have the female Jedi and and the black Jedi. Well guess what? Trek had that like 20 fucking years ago. Mm-hmm. And Trek showed that, you know. Trek show that and that's to me that's the, the legacy of Voyager is the is the will of humanity and that and that a female can lead a group of men that a female can basically have the strength to basically turn people who you know who despise her and what she stands for and turn them into loyal soldiers and turn them into loyal officers 
and able to solve problems and is also able to defeat the biggest enemy of the federation too the borg yeah that's yeah. also too legacy two of janeway badass and violated the prime directive every fucking chance <laughs> she could so. yeah to get home yeah i, I mean I, I agree with all that i mean i think and i think what trek's really legacy was is it was they didn't do what well, we're doing this because she's a woman we do it because this is the best best person for the job exactly it, you know starfleet trek it was always about who's the best person for the job you know, mm-hmm. when they when they would look at things, well, we're going to send this person because they're the best person for the job, not because of their records or anything like that. And I mean, the thing you have to think about is Jane May was a scientist, but she's also in command of this ship. She's having mm-hmm. to be commander while also being a scientist in that aspect. Yeah. And they were given their original mission was to go into the Badlands and find these Maquis. You know, and they've got Tuvok who's implanted with this group mm-hmm. and they're trying to get to him. And their ship was not designed for long term, you know, voyages like this. No. They had to adapt a ship that was not designed for that. It was designed to be quick. It was designed to be agile and move mm-hmm. around and to be able to do things like navigate the Badlands because of the sensors that they had yeah. on the thing. But they had to adapt it to make it work, you know, mm-hmm. to make it suitable for long term travel because they were going to be there for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And how do you do that? How do you repair parts that you're, you know, bajillions of miles away from your source? How do you make that yeah. happen? And, you know, and, and so that was a great, um, I think, aspect of it. it. It showed the ingenuity of the human spirit, you know, yeah, as did, she yeah. said, you know, and then Janeway was, you know, she was a capable leader. I think before we even saw the, the, the situation she came through, because, mm-hmm. They said, no, you're the best person for this job. Not exactly. because you're a woman, not because it was just, you're the best captain for this job, for this ship. You're taking the job. And that's what I loved about Star Trek. It's always been inclusive. You know, you look yeah. at, you know, anybody who's served, anybody who's been involved, it's, you got this because you're the best person, not exactly. because you're a guy or a girl or whatever. And so that's, I think, the legacy of, of it is, it is a fantastic voyage. Um, it goes back to the, the the next generation standard of, you know, villain of the week or situation of the week kind of thing mm-hmm. after DS9 did its serialized storytelling. But I think it was they borrowed a good bit from DS9 and mm-hmm. being able to tell longer coherent stories um, yeah. without, you know, building the season long things that they did. You know, uh, some of the, the year of hell, that storyline with the time ship, the Krenum time ships, uh, uh, species 8472, mm-hmm. uh, the Herogen, just the different, and of course, the constant moment, they, they, are in, they enter a Borg space, and then that constant threat from there to the end of the show. Uh, they weren't always there, but there was just that idea that the Borg were always going to be there, you know, mm-hmm. and so I think it was such good storytelling for a lost in space type story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, if they took the lost in space story and made it Star Trek and made it good yeah. um, and, and, and really cast a legacy for a long period of time that will make it enjoyable. You know, I think oh, yeah. anybody will be able to pick it up, watch it and go, man, this is really good stuff. I'm, I'm glad good. I've watched this, you know? So, um, and for people who want to shit on it, well, you know, fuck you. That's exactly. all I'm saying. Exactly. <laughs> you know, because, I mean, all Star Trek, every Star Trek has been good. It, it yeah. hasn't, you know, I mean, it has its goods and its bad points, but Obviously, at the end of the day, yeah. you know, it's been good. And if you like Star Trek, you like Star Trek. That's and it. 
you got to look at it uh, opinionatively. So, mm-hmm. all right. So I said now we take some time to transition to our main topic today, which is going to be a ton of fun. So yeah. let's do that. You ready? I'm ready, bro. All right, Triple D, what are we talking about today? Trouble with Tribbles. Time with Trouble Tribbles. But we're not only talking Tribbles, we're talking about Tribbles throughout all of Star Trek. Yeah. You know, that, whole, the whole timeline of it. The yeah. whole timeline. It's been expanded now thanks mm-hmm. to uh, the original TOS episode. Tribbles, a little basically fluff mm-hmm. um, that was on one episode of TOS in the middle of season two on season episode 15, so mm-hmm. about halfway through the season. They took this thing and they expanded it to have this deep, rich history and storytelling throughout all of Trek. I think it's been really cool. So no, it, I don't know about a, you. Yeah, it's, it's cool. a great episode. So it's a great yeah, episode. It's a great episode. So I, I say that we look at it fully throughout the years. I say we, we look at it chronologically according to Star Trek timeline. Well, you're right, Mr. Jones. They don't like Klingons. But they do like Vulcans. Well, Mr. Spock, I didn't know you had it in you. Obviously, Tribbles are very perceptive creatures, Captain. Obviously. Uh, so, how about we start with the... Was it last year, I believe, they came out with a short track? Yes, they um, did. Showing the actual creation of Tribbles. Yes. Uh, which, it was a great episode. If you, you have CBS All Access, you can find it. it, it it's... Uh, it's very, it's, it, I think it's like 10 minutes. I think mm-hmm. it is. It's not a long episode at all, yeah. but it was a ton of fun. Um, you know, and they have the tie-in of the Enterprise. You got Pike talking yeah. with a former officer who's going on to be a new captain. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she gets this new ship. It's a science ship on the edge of Klingon space. They're trying to help this planet figure out how to keep from, you know, getting a famine and, uh, the guy, the actor is actually the guy who does voiceover for Archer and Bob's Burgers. You know, oh, wow. yeah. So like, you know, he's like, uh, I'm not stupid. You know, <laughs> and he he's just very weird. He plays yeah. this very weird scientist, and you find out that he's got tribbles, and mm-hmm. he's trying to say, hey, we can introduce tribbles as a species to this planet, and they're ninety percent meat, and they would be a good food source. And everybody's like. What? No. And of course, he does some genetic, you know, modifying. encoding, modifying, and uh, which is illegal. Mm-hmm. You know, remember that it is technically illegal to be doing that. Yes, it is. And, uh, uh, and so he modifies them to where tribbles now take a really, instead of taking a really long time to gestate and make new tribbles, uh, they are born pregnant and multiply at a rapid pace. So they're designed to eat. And um, birth other triples, as mm-hmm. we found out in the original TOS episode, and the problems that cause. Do you remember what are we? The <laughs> basically this starship that this poor captain took over, she hadn't even had it like a couple of weeks, yeah. and it gets destroyed by, by triples. By triples, yeah. yeah. And the guy who creates them ends up getting swallowed whole by triples because yes, they multiply does. so fast. And yeah, and uh, you know, it was it was a funny episode. I it loved it. I loved how they said, "Okay, this is how we're saying triples are created." I think mm-hmm. it was a fun take on it. Uh, what did you think of it, Triple D, when you saw that one? 
I laughed my ass off, especially at the end where they're asking her, so, but, but why did he do that? Why, why did he cause you to lose, lose the ship? Cause he's an idiot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, that was it. And she's just, and Starfleet's like, okay. No yeah. And, Cause that was his whole thing throughout the episode. He's like, I'm not an idiot. You know, he would say yeah. that, you know, I'm not yeah. stupid, you know, and stuff like that. And uh, it was, oh gosh. So yeah, no, it was, it was really, it was, a, it was a funny, funny episode. I really, really did enjoy it. I liked the beginning with like her and Pike and Pike, you know, giving her like, the pep talk and by all you're gonna, you're gonna do a great job it's gonna be the greatest diamond <laughs> for you and you know then she gets along with everybody but just that one guy and he's just a fucking idiot and he's like yeah. he thinks he's the smartest guy on the face of the earth well really he's not and yeah yeah and there were so many like it almost like michael scott references of the awkwardness where he would say something and it would just yeah. be super awkward and you're just going yeah, kind of like you know, in the office when Michael Scott would do something, and yeah. Like, oh, there was that kind of I think I appreciated that as well because yeah. it was the kind of call back to that. So, all right, so that's the short trek episode. Of course, then we go to uh, the Trouble with Tribbles episode, the, t- the original series TOS for those of you who are Star Trek nerds like us. Uh, the TOS episode Trouble with Tribbles it is season two, episode mm-hmm. 15. If you have CBS All Access and are looking for it, or Netflix, Netflix has all these as well. Has, the main series that they don't have any of the short tracks, but it's season two, episode 15 um, of that. And uh, that's the classic episode that everybody yes, knows. There's the picture, the meme of Kirk in the, now <laughs> everybody calls it a green shirt. And technically that was supposed to be gold, but because of the coloring of the cameras and they couldn't quite pick it up, that's why mm-hmm. it looks like a green kind of sarong wrap shirt. So way, I have that shirt. That's going to be my really? Halloween costume. Yeah. It just came in. It just came in. It looks really good too. I was like, "Ooh!" I was like, "This is really nice." Ooh! All right. Yeah. Well, we need some pics. That's got to go up. Definitely. It will um, be. Uh, we got to see that. So, so the picture with Kirk being buried by Tribbles. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's an interesting episode because it's not necess- the Tribbles are. I would call them the MacGuffin or whatever you would call it, the Deus Ex Machina of it. It's mm-hmm. it's more about the relationship between. The Klingons and the Federation. Yes, uh, and you know they're on this outpost that both can share. It's a neutral outpost, uh, and you've got um, oh, why am I forgetting the guy's name? That's kind of the scam artist, Cyrano uh, Jones. Cyrano Jones, right? Cyrano that's got Jones. the triple. He's yeah. got the triple, and he introduces it to the Starfleet people, and they're just like enjoying the heck out yeah. of him because it's this soothing cooing sound mm-hmm. as they as they pet him and people are just just chilling and kirk is getting kind of frustrated because everybody's kind of getting chill with everything and not run the ship properly when they're mm-hmm. supposed to be there yeah. knowing the klingons are coming they're supposed to be guarding this grain that's going yeah. to a specific you know planet that needs it and you know um and then of course the klingons show up and they have every right to this uh, station mm-hmm. as well uh, station K7, uh, mm-hmm. if I remember the name of the station correctly. Yeah, station K7. Station K7. And uh, and so it's uh, then that just causes more problems because Obviously. The, Kling- the Klingons are dickheads in this mm-hmm. episode. At this time, the Federation and Klingons do not get along mm-hmm. at all. They are, uh, you know, <laughs> and we're going to talk about more about some of the Klingon stuff later. Uh, but uh, you see that dynamic going. You know, there's a fight that breaks out, and yeah. Kirk. You know, Kirk has to reprimand his crew wait, because of that. Wait, I guess it's about the reprimand. Okay. reprimands the entire crew. 
you know, he goes to Scotty. Scotty, who did it, Scotty? Yeah. Was it Chekhov? No, sir. Who was it, Scotty? It was me. You, Mr. Scott. Oh, sir, he called you Genevian slog and he called you these type of words. So Kirk's like, then you hit him. So he's like, oh, no, sir. No, no, no. But then, but then the Klingon said that the Enterprise should be hauled this garbage. That's when I hit him, sir. Yeah. There are some things you just can't say. And Kirk's like, you got to be fucking kidding me. This is <laughs> he he hits the Klingon when he, when he like, this is the Enterprise. But he doesn't hit the Klingon when he disses me. But then, but then after he says it, then Kirk goes, well, I probably would have done the same. His look goes, well, I would have done the same thing, too. Yeah. Kirk loves the Enterprise. Yeah. Just, just as much as Scotty does. So. Oh, and Scotty, Scotty, I think if he could marry the Enterprise, he would have. I mean, oh, I he would have. Oh, yeah. This, I think this episode really showed his then, love for the Enterprise. And, the technical and much, manuals. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he just loved it so much. Yeah. And, of course, um, you know, we find out about the Klingon, you know, spy, mm-hmm. you know, secret agent, double agent um, in this episode. Um, and we just, there's just so many new and unique characters involved. Mm-hmm. Um, with this and seeing seeing all this go playing out, and uh, eventually they stop the tribbles because the tribbles are starting to eat on the grade, and mm-hmm. everything gets saved in the end. Uh, and they find the bomb. There was a bomb placed in a tribble. Oh um, no! Wait, no! No! Now. Oh no! no oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, here's can, here's here's the thing that happened. Here's the thing yeah. that happened. The reason why. So they were guarding the grain, and the 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 guy that was in charge, they're in charge of the grain. This this the Starfleet guy. Right. Who basically him and Kirk kind of had like a contentious like relationship with because you know the guy was a dickhead, right? So that Klingon spy, that double agent for the who was working with that guy from the Federation, poisoned the grain. That's the tribbles right. got into the grain because 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 the tribbles had got into all the food replicators on the Enterprise, and you know Kirk's like, I want him off my ship. I want yeah. them off my ship. And then he's like, Scott, Scotty, how did they get into the machinery, Scotty? It was like, oh, captain threw through through the pipes. And I'm like, oh my God, the pipes for the grain. Yeah. The triples eat all the grain, but the triples are dead. Yeah. So they're like, oh my God, you know, why why are the triples dead? What's going on? What's going on with the grain? The grain was poisoned. And they found out who the who this double agent was because triples don't like Klingons. Right. Yeah. So then so then Kirk's like, Oh, he doesn't like you. The triple doesn't like you. What do you mean? You're human. And then McCoy does all thing. Jim, this man's a Klingon, Jim, and that's yeah. how. And that's how they're able to do it. So. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I get. I get sometimes I get TOS and our later okay. episode confused. Uh, but yeah, no, that's uh, you know that was it. It was poison, and then you know we find mm-hmm. out that triples don't like Klingons. No, they don't. And then we don't, but we don't know why. We don't know why. We do find out later why. Mm-hmm. But we don't. We do know that they don't like. Them. And uh, they they make a terrible sound when the Klingon comes around, and so basically now it's almost like Star Trek or Starfleet has a Klingon detector if they send in these spies, you know exactly, yeah. So and then so the next one is nineteen seventy three, the animated series, more yeah. trouble, more tribbles, um, and that one sees a genetically engineered organism designed to hunt tribbles, and that was the main you know thing about that episode was. Mm-hmm. Um, that we just have this. And then of course that doesn't necessarily go very well either because they've genetically enhanced uh, engineered an organism to hunt triples. And that gets kind of out of control too. And so the enterprise has to stop this, this thing, but then they have to balance it out with the triple. 
it's a whole mess, it, you know. <laughs> and so uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if you saw any of the animated series. I saw, I did. A little, I saw yeah. a little bit of it when I was a kid. Um, so I don't remember this episode as much as I, I, I do some of the other ones. I, so. I do remember it. So basically, Cyrano Jones steals the, the trip leader from the Klingons. The Klingons developed it because the, the tribbles are running crazy all over the, the Klingon homeworld. Yeah. So, so the so the Klingons are chasing after Cyrano Jones. The Enterprise saves them. Kirk's pissed because he's like it's Cyrano Jones again. He's got tribbles, but you know Cyrano Jones makes sure that the tribbles can't reproduce. But they eat and they get fat. So basically, running all the ship, you have these fat tribbles basically taking over the ship. They they eat all the grain again because they're trying to bring the grain to Sherman's world again. So it kind of ties into the original series episode that way, and. uh and then, you know, hilarity ensues with them, you know, trying to, you know, fight off the Klingons and trying to keep the grain safe. But then, you know, come to find out, if you zap the fat tribble, it turns into a million little tribbles. So, <laughs> so that's how. And McCoy figures that out. He's like, well, Jim, you know, they're not reproducing. But if they get big and you take them down, then yeah. Because they were causing, the big tribbles were causing havoc on the Enterprise. Right. So basically, you know, so 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 then, so obviously at the end, you know, they get rid of the tribbles by transporting them onto the Klingon ship, and that's how the episode ends with the Klingons going after them. Yeah, so, yeah, so. yeah. It was a good episode. You, got, episode. you know, it's funny. You got the tie-ins for it. Seventy-three, still pretty close to you know sixty-eight. Oh, yeah. You know, 60, so you, yeah, you still have that good memory of it. And of course, it was a famous episode. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and to see the continuing missions, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the animated series. If you haven't seen the animated series, I think it's a it's worth a watch oh, to check out. You know, there's some unique new new characters on it. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, it was interesting. The um, the uh, uh, James Doohan did most of the voices for a lot of the characters, he did, like yeah. bridge characters and stuff mm-hmm. like that for for the animated series. So I, I know. Um, I know it was. I know uh, Spock was Nimoy returned to Spock. Shatner mm-hmm. was obviously Kirk. You know, Scotty was Scotty and Michelle Nichols. So they had most and DeForest Kelly. So they had like most of the original crew back. But yeah, but like a lot of the other guys, like a lot of the lieutenants on the bridge and stuff, Jimmy mm-hmm. Duhan did do it, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, what about my one of my favorite characters on there is Lieutenant Eric's, the guy with the third hand coming. Out <laughs> yeah, Eric's yeah. man. That, I right. mean, you got such a unique creature design. Yeah, you know, got yeah. that third hand. I think coming out of the chest or whatever, mm-hmm. which is you know very cool to kind of see that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. And so then the next episode that we have where we see Tribbles again, which is the last time we see them, um, is uh, is in episode. Well, except for the small Easter egg where we see them in. Uh, uh, discovery. There is a small Easter egg with the yeah, there. Is, there. Yes. But um, the major point is uh, DS9's episodes Trials and Tribulations, Season 5, Episode 6, you know, the, uh, the Defiant uh, has gone to the... Uh, I forget where they went. I think they went to the... Was it the... They went to some place and they picked up an orb, the Orb of Time. The Orb of and, Time. And, and then, of course, we also... We, well, if you don't know it, if you're not paying attention... The original guy who was the 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 Klingon spy. They mm-hmm. pick him up on Cardassia. That's where it was. They went to Cardassia. Cardassia. They had the time and they picked this guy up. And they thought he was human. Mm-hmm. And he said he got stuck after the war and he was just kind of doing his thing. 
And then he ends up enacting the orb of time. And it takes them back in time to the Trouble with Tribbles episode. Yeah. Uh, and this was such a brilliant, it's, a, it's, a, it's an incredible episode from the sense of they shot it where it looked like 1968, you know, when, yeah. they, when they originally filmed it. They shot it. They had the original set pieces. They had original art, and they tied these people into it. Um, if you ever watch a making of it, they got some of the original cameras that they filmed from Desilu Studios wow. to make that kind of scene work. And they also um, incorporated now a lot of these characters. So uh, O'Brien and Bashir, Mm -hmm. They green screen them and seamlessly put them into some of the scenes, like their interactions with Kirk, um, the reprimand scene. Yeah, we now have we now have like Bashir and O'Brien standing in line with everybody else as Kirk is reprimanding everybody. You know, the fight scene where you've got Worf and you've got Odo and you've got everybody in the fight scene, and they they do the same. It's the same fight scene. They just incorporate these guys into it, and how they do it is so cool that it's just, it's like it was always a part of the episode, which is sometimes why I forget and I get so confused, you know, because, yeah, exactly. you yeah, know, no, because it's done so well. It's done so well. It's Not seamless. So well. The cool part was how they just were able to seamlessly transition everybody into everything. And it mm -hmm. made it look so good. I think it was, um, you know, some of my favorite scenes, you know, that scene at the end where Cisco, you know, it's just being, you know, that ensign uh, enhanced his yeah. stuff. Kirk and talks about how his time or lieutenant maybe and his time on the Enterprise and just that small little thing because uh, the whole episode starts with the the Starfleet what like Time Bureau essentially coming yeah. to interview Cisco about what happened they've been they were interrogating they were getting the story the whole time uh, we see Jed Zia because of the Dax symbiote she struggles with her. Uh, you know, she wants to stay in that timeline because she remembers it and how romantic it was. Yeah. She was getting kind of time delirious a little bit. Um, and then in this episode, we also see why Tribbles don't like Klingons. Mm -hmm. You know, Worf begins to tell the story, which is funny because mm -hmm. they say Klingons come in. They're like, where? And, <laughs> and, and it's the original 19, you know, Sixers, yeah. no, uh, Klingon. And they're like, they're all looking at Worf, and he's like, "What?" And he's like, "What happened?" He goes, "Oh, we don't talk about that." Yeah, you, know? you, know, you know, which is uh, which is uh, you know, is in the Enterprise, it is yeah. discussed. They do it show that, you is, know, yeah. but it's very funny to kind mm -hmm. of they look at him, and he's like, "Oh, we don't talk about that." You know, that's yeah. just you know, thing. And then they said, you know, why don't Tribbles like you know Klingons? He's because mm -hmm. you know they came and they were blight, and so we had the great troll hunt where yeah, they yeah. would they would go after and kill all these Tribbles and Odo. Odo's making oh, you know, exactly. you know, like, oh, the great triple. Oh, the mighty Klingon warrior has to go over the poor defenseless triple. The triples. I'm sure they say great songs in the Hall yeah. of Warriors about killing triples. Yeah, Odo is like Odo is in such rare form because he's yeah. normally not this loose at all. He's so yeah. tight, and this triple has loosened him up so much. And he's, yeah. just, he's just ribbing war like nobody's yeah. business. It's so oh, good. Man. It's sure funny it just it to see funny. some of these characters kind of out of you know sequence and like you know it's and it's funny because it's these guys know their history but not well enough kind of like people yeah. today they know their history like O'Brien thinks uh, one of these guys is Kirk you know oh yeah yeah you know he, he, and it's not 
it's not uh, Chekhov or it's not Scotty. It's the third guy that's there. He thinks it's yeah. Kirk. And they're like, oh, look at him. You know, Kirk, they're making fun of Kirk right to his face. And they're not even reacting. And, you know, and it's kind of like people today. They think they mm-hmm. know their history, yeah. but they don't. You know, they don't. You know, and that's the bad part about it is we know just enough to be like, okay, that's, I get it, but not yeah. enough to really understand exactly. it. Yeah. Uh, so, which was interesting to watch. And, of course, the whole scene with the Garber Scout. But the, the Klingon spy, he this time plants a bomb in a dead triple. Uh, with the idea being that he's going to destroy the station and Kirk and the Enterprise, and then he'll be a great hero. You know, they mm-hmm. finally catch up to him. When they get there, the ship is kind of out of whack a little bit. He teleports over to K-7 mm-hmm. and does his business, so they have to go find him. They don't know if, the, if he's on the Enterprise or on K-7. So groups of people go to those different places, and they go looking for him. And um, you know, when they eventually find him, he kind of spills the bean on what he's going to do. And they're able to find the bomb at the last second and stop it before um, destroying the station and everything. And then, of course, that tie-in is because they did that. That's when the triples come falling through on Kirk again yeah. from the Arizona 1960. And, you know, he's like, just got that look of, like, fucking triples, you know, mm-hmm. that, that that look. And uh, and so it, it's, a, it's a fun episode. It takes... It is a, it is a it, really fun episode. It, it takes that... Um, 1968 episode it just makes it deeper mm-hmm. with everything that they have going on behind it and just the uniqueness of shooting it and making it tie in and bringing it back together i think just is such a good episode for that for that creativity yeah. and you know just just it was and of course it's ds9 i'm not gonna hate on them exactly I, mean, I love ds9 it's, it's my favorite episode my favorite series and so uh, you know, to be able to do that. And I love, you know, they have the defiance so they're able to stay clean mm-hmm. and not get caught up. And so they're able to do the things they need to because they are ahead. They know, well, we can beam in in the gaps of the shield for the Enterprise, you yeah. know, at this moment. And this is how they're able to get on and off the ship. Well, the shields are up. Well, they know what uh, on an older Constitution class model, the shield frequency. So they're able to bypass the shields that way. Mm-hmm. And um, so it made a lot of sense in that aspect too, where they thought about, well, we just can't have them beaming them back and forth. Um, And then just seeing some of these characters in like 1960s uniforms, hairstyles, things along those lines. It was just a lot of fun, you know, to do something like that. I think, I think I've read where a lot of the the actors said that's one of their favorite episodes, you know, just be able to do something like that. How good did Jerry Ryan look in the 1960s? Oh, Oh yeah. Yeah. As I said, as as I said before, when I watched the original series, I'm just like, man, where did they find all these unbelievable, beautiful women to be mm. in the series? I'm not not even just the main characters. I'm talking the extras. A lot of the extras oh, yeah. walking around. It's like it's unreal. And I mean, like, and like in all in all, in all honesty, it's like unreal. Absolutely yeah. unreal. Now, yeah. of course, you'll not be like, "Oh, that sucks." Is the hand went in short skirts? It's like, well, a lot of those, a lot of those females on that ship were, they were scientists. They were, mm-hmm. you know, engineers. You know, so that was it. Yeah, and of course, that was that was the style of the 1960s. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it, you can't fault that. I mean, Terry Farrell as as Jadzia Dex in that outfit though was just. Whew. 
Hello. You know, I mean, just. Yeah. Oh, Terry Farrell. Jeez, I'm sorry. I, I, got, I got the actress wrong. Jeez, what the fuck's wrong with me, man? Uh, you're all right, man. You, you're coming off a of vertigo, you know, thing. Yeah, you're I'm, good. Yeah, I'm like out of it, man. You're, you're all right, man. So, you know, she, she, I mean, looking like that and people are like, oh, my God. But that was the 60s. That's how women that was dressed. 60s. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and so, you know, it's one of those things of, you know, we know better now, but we're, we're tying it back into that time period. So, mm-hmm. She can't be dressed any differently, you exactly. know, especially if she's going to be, on, you know, on the ship and doing the things that she needs to. So, you know, uh, I have I, I, I just loved it. It's such a good episode. You know, that's the last time we see Tribbles in Shrek with before we see them making their appearance just in, as Easter eggs in different places. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was I think uh, I don't think Enterprise uh, Enterprise. They had a small Easter egg. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, flocks would feed them to another creature. Oh, yeah, he would, yeah. He, he would take them and feed them to another another yeah. one of his creatures that he had on the ship. Um, and then Discovery, we see um, one of them makes an appearance, um, mm-hmm. I think, on Lorca's desk or something yeah. like that. It was a dead triple or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we, we get all these kind of different references to mm-hmm. triples. They, they make their presence known throughout Star Trek lore and history. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so... Uh, you know, so it's interesting how a ball of fluff from the original series um, just really has made a, a larger impact Crazy, into into no. the, the lore. You know, it's just kind of fun, you yeah. know, that they could take something like that and be creative with it and the creativity mm-hmm. they did with it. So I think so if you if you always wondered about tribbles, man, that's that's a deep history of the tribbles right it there. Yeah, we definitely and Star Trek. Yeah, we definitely touched on a lot of things different things with Tribbles, the different, you know, the history of Tribbles, where, where they came from, why the Klingons don't like them, <laughs> and how in every episode of, like, Trek, you know, especially where they've had, like, a major role in, it's always been considered, you know, one of the better Trek episodes mm-hmm. because, you know, because it gives the actors and the actresses a chance to let their hair down and have fun. Yeah. I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, don't you can't tell me that the guys, you know, Nimoy, Shatner, uh, Duhan, Koenig, all the original cast, when they were doing the trouble with triples episode, they weren't having fun because oh. it looked like they're having a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. Because you know, because it's it's not anything serious. You know, yeah. it wasn't. You know, it was like Mark of Gideon. We were talking about creating vaccines from someone's blood to kill people, or mm-hmm. or um. Or or you have to get involved. We have to stop a starship captain who basically has gone rogue and is helping one is, is down on a planet and helping one one uh eh, one group of people defeat another group of people. You know, it wasn't anything major and serious like that. So yeah, yeah, and I mean the triples just allowed because of their cooing and the calmness. It, yeah. it allowed the characters to just be more relaxed and yeah. Uh, in the show, and I think also on the set, because they they knew they weren't having to be as uptight and as yeah. Starfleety, they could just kind of be a little bit more chill, and probably closer mm-hmm. to who they really were. Yeah. So you know, it just made it, it makes for good episodes. It's mm-hmm. it's interesting how that thing has lasted through all the years. It's become <laughs> a mainstay, really. Yeah, it's really, a right. ball of fluff. And somebody did a story about a ball of fluff. Mm-hmm. You know, probably a throwaway episode, thinking we're just going to need to put something here, and then this thing has just taken off and it has a life. So, so, sort of like Khan, 
<laughs> well, yeah, Kyle was that way too. Yeah, Kyle was Same that way thing. too. Kyle was a throwaway character, and he came. Yeah, back. yeah, so, came back, and, and Pearl did a great job with that. We'll have to talk yeah. about that one day too. But I think you know, for the next couple of weeks, while Discovery's on, we're going to be talking about the next two episodes since we record every other week. So uh, we will. So next episode, we will definitely be talking Discovery episode one and two, mm-hmm. and we're going to be giving our takes on it, what we thought, you know, the process of it, and uh, I think doing it that way is going to be good for us because we'll we'll get a deep dive into everything, mm-hmm. and then two, um, you know, it just gives us a, a broader perspective. Obviously, uh, yeah. You know, to be able to tell that for all you guys out there. So we want you to. Um, I know somebody's already kind of asked us on Twitter. Um, what we thought about Discovery, um, you know, and I said, well, we're going to do that in two weeks. We'll you know, we're, yeah. we'll do that in two weeks. We'll give you our deep thoughts. I think initially it looks good, you know, yeah. from what I've seen. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, and I'm, I'm looking forward into going deep into it um, and seeing it. Um, but, you know, I said one of us hasn't seen it yet, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to say who. The, the single dad who has a budget who can't afford to be else. So I'll let y'all figure out who that is. Okay. Um, you know, so, uh, but that's kind of where we're going to be at with it. We're going to watch it and we're going to take uh, every two weeks to do that for the next few weeks. So, but if you've got show ideas or topics, you know, we want to hear from you. You know, yeah. some of your favorite episodes or different things, you know, you need to let us know that. Um, you could do that a few ways, you know, so. Uh, Triple D, how, what's one way you want to tell them how they can reach us? You can reach us on the Academy on Facebook. Look us up, the Academy, with, uh, is it Triple D and JDE? Yes. Okay, so Triple D and JDE, the Academy, we're on Facebook. Look us up on there. Usually I post, like, some funny memes on there. You know, like, I posted, I posted Triple One where it showed, it was from the animated series where it showed the triples falling down on Kurt. And the and and that heading said, "I got I got to learn to stop fucking around." Yeah. And then boss said, "Fucks around." And then it goes, "Someday I'll learn." Yeah. So, so that was a good one. So you can find us there. You can find us on Twitter at the Academy, on Twitter. So, guys, come follow. Give us a follow on Twitter. Also, to email the Academy at yahoo.com, Correct. Yes, the, with the Academy HMG at Yahoo.com HMG. and the Academy HMG um, on Twitter. On Twitter, so, okay. Yeah, so because, of course, we, we are under the Hummy Media Group, yeah. um, and uh, and that is that is our, our platform, and that is the, guy, the guys who allow us to have the show, which is awesome. And so we, are, you know, we make sure to reflect that. Um, in our, our naming for everything. So if you go to Twitter, you type in the Academy HMG, um, or you want to email us, Yahoo. It's uh, academyhmg at yahoo.com. You can reach us and tell us you know what you're thinking. Tell us your thoughts yeah. on discovery. We want to know what you're thinking on it. We want to know um, your favorite episodes or captains, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, hey, if you have the inside line to uh, a Star Trek uh uh, guests that we could have on, you know, we're more than willing to listen and reach out to those people and have guests on as well. So, exactly, uh, yeah. you know, that's that's definitely something we want to do. And then, uh, of course, uh, we can also reach you and all your businesses. Where Triple D? How, how can we reach you? Reach me? Yeah, you can reach me at Twitter at GreekDZ25. You can reach me on Facebook at Dimitri Zerdos, and. 
that's it really for me for when it comes to the, oh and then i got instagram though but i really don't do it do do a lot of it though also too uh for those that want to see the best uh for looking for food porn the best food porn in the world dipping donuts on facebook instagram and twitter yeah that's right that's right and where can they get your premium zordos olive oil man zordosoliveoil.com for Zordos the best for the best olive oil but guys make sure you put your orders in because we're actually like running low on olive oil and we haven't got our new shipment in from greece yet so, so shit i gotta get my bills paid so i can get some yeah so that's so hopefully hopefully they'll be coming in soon so <laughs> all right so yeah thanks for the heads up on that i need to do that oh, no problem. yeah no problem. If, <laughs> if you want to hit me up you can hit me up uh it's uh Men on twitter or instagram john in right on facebook uh, and then from there, you can go check out uh, the various uh, the nonprofit I work for, uh, Freedom House, and you can check us out there as well. Uh, we in November, November tenth, we are having our nineteenth annual safari, garden safari. Uh, there's an online auction right now, so if you want to bid on some items, uh, uh, the you can go to uh, let me look this up. It's Garden Safari. Um, auction.org if I believe. Let me look that one up yeah, real quick. Uh, or you can go to the freedomhousepc.org. That's our website. And um, and then there's a thing for Garden Safari and that'll take you to uh, tickets or if you just want to donate you can do that there. Or you can go to um, like I said, uh, it is uh, it is gardensafariauction.org and that, that will take you uh, to the online auction, which you can start bidding on items now, and uh, and, and so uh, you can see the different items. You can start bidding now. That will end at eight o'clock on Tuesday, November November tenth. Um, okay. That's when it ends. And so there's there's guns, there's uh, knickknacks, there's uh, autographed uh, pictures of athletes. We got all kinds of cool stuff. So um, definitely something to check out if you want to support a good cause. You're late. It's getting towards the end of the year. You want that last minute tax donation uh, right off. You know, we, we would be honored to. Uh, you're helping us out uh, as well. And then you get a tax right off on top of it. So. Sounds, yeah. So, so guys, it's, it's a win-win situation, guys. So yeah. go there. Um, bid with your hearts because it goes to benefit a great organization. Um, John has told me about the organization that he works for. It's a great organization. It helps out so many people down in Weatherford, Texas. So guys, listeners of the Hami Media Group, followers of the, of the brand who listen to this, go bid generously to help out, to help out John's, to help out the organization that John works for and to help out kids down there that need help. So yeah. it's, a, kids. It's, a, it's a great organization. Yeah, kids, victims of abuse, uh, sexual mm-hmm. assault victims. Uh, so this covers the whole agency for us, and you know, even helps uh, uh, with our shelter. You know, when, you know, maintain our shelter and make sure that we have everything we need for victims who need to come in and get away uh, and provide that safe place for them as well. So that's that's awesome. We're going to be. It's going to help all of that. So um, know that this is our only fundraiser of the year. This is our biggest. Mm-hmm. way we receive money that's not grants or anything along those lines so and if you don't like the government it's a good way to help us out without having to deal with the government so exactly. uh, you know there's that as well so the government. <laughs> yeah oh, yeah okay. so 
All right. So that's, I think that's everything for today. Um, you know, uh, unless you have anything else you want to go for triple D before we head out. I got nothing, man. Right now we got, right now we are just leaving orbit of the planet that we're orbiting. We're ready to go. We're ready to hit warp one, warp two. And, uh, as I, as, I, as I look towards my helmsman, helmsman, take us out of here, engage. So to all the listeners out there, live long and prosper. John, live long and prosper, my friend. Me God too, my friend. You. And uh, we'll do this two weeks from now. So same bad time, same bad channel. interested in joining our elite roster of sponsors from now through the end of the year Hamid media group is offering special rates as we continue our exponential growth as we expect to hit 3 million downloads in the first half of 2021 giving you the absolute best value for you to advertise your company brand product service or podcast we encourage you to reach out 
at hamimediagroup at gmail.com and ask us how we can give the Hameen Media Bump to you.